you going? No, man, you got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. It's Monday morning, and if you're awake, you're watching The Road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic. Homeroom is on Rumble. You just go to Rumble and you search the channels for The Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, you go ahead and you click follow. Not mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, it's free. I did it. You can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Sometimes on YouTube. Usually that's just Wednesdays. Then you can catch a podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and sometimes BitChute. Just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page. That's roadtoconcord.com. That's where you'll find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor at joe at the road to concord.com. I don't know if it'll be I'm any good way slow today. He is he he told me last week he was gonna catch up on all his emails, and I went in there today and he hadn't done any of them. So I've guys, read them. You guys can can you know get on them and uh you know you 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 could even call in today and yell at chastise me. Because the phones are on today, 229-469-0335, only for registered numbers. We only accept calls from regular known listeners. If you wish to call in and are a regular known listener, you may request phone access through an email. If you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Just warn them, Joe is an acquired taste. And we mean it. This show is listener sponsored, meaning we do not solicit anybody else advertising. So we're not limited in the content we provide. With that said, we do ask for your participation on a value for value basis. If you find a show of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page, show description on Rumble, and comments in the other streams. Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't all there. Now, just stay seated and give it a chance. You'll soon realize we not might be That's the good. smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. Well, Beverly saved her account today, man, because she she came on here like this. Good morning from she's in, she's I'm, I'm sorry. I'm outing her. It, it's her turn to be outed. I, I just have a habit of doing that. But she was on on her Twitter account. And then she says, uh, she goes, hang on, I'm going over to Facebook. And then she's like, OK, good morning again. Well, <laughs> Beverly, you saved your account because if you're brand new and nobody's seen you before on Twitter or Facebook and you just pop in, you have Natasha's undivided attention because Natasha just lives to boot Dodo cops she before Charlie can get to yeah, him. Yeah, it's a fight. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's our competition. Who can boot the Dodo cop first? <laughs> so She's good. She Sometimes she puts... Before Excuse I even me. recognize him. Yeah, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, Beverly just yeah. made it. And it was almost was extinct before she realized. Who yes. I see it this way. Charlie is the negotiator. He sees if you're friend or foe. I'm in the background with my sniping rifle. And I'll keep the so-called person in crosshairs. If they prove to be friend, good. If they're a dodo cop, pew, pew. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> You designed that AI really, really well, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. bloop, bloop.
All right. It's Monday. Oh, boy. And um, Road Dog's got it down, man. We need some sugar around here to go with the caffeine. I got the liquid caffeine, but we could sure use some donuts today. It's like the whole world is sleepy. We were teasing Natasha about dragging her out of bed with a forklift. You know, she's like, nope, it's going to take more than that to get me out of bed if I'm tired. So, anyhow, Monday, Manic Monday. Stories, right? I told you Friday I was going to bring you all these stories about rhino, you know, um, GOP traders. I started getting them together and I was like, nah, screw it. I know you tuned in to hear politics and you will. Oh, you will. Trust me. I just couldn't do it, man, because I'm sitting here thinking all this stuff about he's a rhino. He's a rhino. He's a rhino. Y'all do realize that's a fallacy, right? You know, applied logic. Boop, boop. Logic warning. Well, he's just a Republican in name only. And the next time some Republican does something you don't like, he's a rhino too. And then he's a rhino and he's a rhino. Y'all do realize this is the fallacy of no true Scotsman. Eventually you'll rhino every Republican out of the party except yourself. No, they're Republicans. They're in the Republican party. This problem is you can have progressives in the party because the party doesn't have loyalty oaths and doesn't do any type of, you know, investigation as to who's in this corporation. Oh, uh, you know, you're not supposed to play with your face when you're on camera. Can't help it when everything is. Y'all have to understand. Most of my audience knows this. But if you're from somewhere other than the Southeast, you don't realize we have like six different pollen seasons down here. And if you've got hay fever like I do, you just you, you don't have summer, winter, spring, and fall. You just go from early fall to late fall pollen season, late fall to winter pollen season, winter to early spring pollen, and it just keeps rotating. Especially since Hurricane Michael, because mm, boy, Johnny Depp, his second favorite character of mine, you know Tonto, definitely nature, definitely out of whack around here at Kimosabi, because like. We've got these berry plants that they get these little red berries on them just in time for the starlings to come through during their migration. That only supposed to happen late in the fall or just about early winter. <laughs> I got plants on my daggum property that have had those berries all summer long. That's not supposed to happen. Most of them don't. Most of them are on their normal schedule, but I got, I had pine cones drop every day this summer. They're only supposed to drop in the fall, you know, ripe open pine cones, like a seed. They've been dropping all year long. It, Spring never quit around our property and then has it. Since. Climate change, climate yeah, change. Yeah, it's all climate change. All right, let's 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 get on this, man. If you go to your, you know, to the homework room, homeroom, the road to concord.com, the blog page, that's homeroom. Show notes for today. I've put them all up there. So all the links of the stories we're going to look at are there today. And we're going to be doing a little reading on some of these today. And a lot of them you may not be able to get to if you don't have an Epoch Times account. But I want to start here. Gateway Pundit. This is projectionism to master's level, doctorate level projection here. Psaki voices concerns over Trump's warning that he would prosecute criminals in his second term. There's a video here. And she goes over in a segment Sunday, Jen Psaki, a political commentator and former White House press secretary, issued a dire warning about the potential action of former President Donald Trump if he were to secure a second term. Pasaki warned of a quote-unquote authoritarian, authoritarian shift projecting a landscape where Trump would prosecute political adversaries 
deploy troops against protesters and undermine the rule of law. Blink, 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 my eyes wide open going, you don't say projection much? Um, When did Trump become a Democrat? Well, I mean, he's a Democrat most of his life, but I mean, when did he all of a sudden chew hoy and switch sides and join Team Biden? Because I thought this, everything she's talking about here, I thought that's what they'd been doing for a while now. Just hold on. I, I did a good job with this. I, I know that some of y'all might not be able to see this if you're watching the screen. That's why I'm kind of trying to read for you today. The story continues. Pasaki highlighted Trump's alleged plans as, as deeply concerning, quote unquote, labeling them as authoritarian banana republic type stuff, sort of kind of like the Biden administration. She pointed to reports of Trump's strategies to launch investigations against his quote, critics, and plans to invoke the Insurrection Act, allowing military deployment against civil demonstrations. Sort of kind of like he should have done before the 2020 election. The threat of a second Trump turn is still very real, and this is a, this is a quote from her, and things he is saying right now are some of the most concerning things we have ever heard him say. Trump is forecasting that in a second term, he will wield power however he chooses, unconstrained by the rule of law, Pasaki said. Sort of kind of like you people are doing in the administration right now, huh, Pasaki? It's okay for you, but not for me. One rule for me, another for thee. Banana Republic much, Saki? Hypocrites. Every one of them. This story continues. This is a, she's still quoting here. This is her words. This is some truly scary authoritarian Banana Republic stuff, and we should hear it in, in, in that way. Hear it that way. Just yesterday, he took the truth social to it, took the truth social to imply that Democrats or any political opponents, frankly, are the greatest threat to America and need to be rooted out like vermin, she added. Hey, um, where was the lie or the falsehood in that comment, Ms. Psaki? I, I, from his perspective and mine as well, in many Americans' perspective, from a constitutional perspective, he's correct. You are the greatest threat to the existence of this nation as we will show in the rest of this 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 broadcast today, the rest of the road to Concord, we're going to prove this. You are a threat, Ms. Pisaki. Your very existence as an ideology is a threat. You're communists, secular humanists, communists, socialists, whatever you want to call it, you're a threat. Trump's right. It says his team has also started to map out plans to invoke the Insurrection Act on his first day in office, which basically would allow him to dispatch the military against civil demonstrations. Think how crazy that is. It's not crazy in the least. BLM, when they were burning down the, the cities, was saying, we want to overthrow the United States of America. By definition, that's an insurrection. Not January 6th. January 6th was a civil demonstration. You labeled it as an insurrection so that you could invoke the Insurrection Act against your political enemies. OMG, this article got me wanting to start. Caitlin, we wish we had a Caitlin here, but we don't. We're stuck with an AI named Natasha. Because if we had a Caitlin, Caitlin would actually shoot them. The AI named Natasha can only go pew, pew. So, Charlie, tell the AI that these people, those are dodo cops. Ooh, fun. Fun, fun. All right. 
Saki also cited a report. From, <laughs> there's the AI. I knew it would show up. Saki also cited a report from the far left Washington Post and the New York Times about Trump's plans to investigate and deport illegal immigrants and reinstate the Muslim ban. Again, what's the problem? Illegal immigrants should be a clue. Saki, Biden has a constitutional duty to get rid of those people. He's not doing it. He's the banana republic dude. You need to have a look in the mirror there, you redheaded little dingbat. Yes, I'm going to be insulting today. If elected to a second term, Donald Trump would prosecute anyone he deems as an enemy, unleash troops on the protesters, and essentially unravel the rule of law as we know it. You mean kind of like you guys have been doing, Pisaki said. And this time, he plans to line his administration with people who will actually help him do it. Good! The speeches are getting much more disturbing and much more unhinged, and we shall should all hear it that way. Let me translate from progressive left-wing garbledygook into modern American English. Oh, my God. They're about to elect a president that's actually going to get rid of us, and we're not going to be able to continue taking over this country by hook and by crook, one progressive step at a time. Everybody run for the hills and get rid of that Trump dude. Yeah, I just translated Pisaki's little conniption fit. But she did it in a way that's supposed to make her look like the rational person that's against all these things while she's on team Biden busy doing all this stuff. You want proof? Did anybody see the video of Biden at the veterans day uh, event this last weekend? Biden doesn't even know his own stinking name. Who's running this country by definition. That is subversion. You have somebody else running this country. Somebody who was not elected. Who is it? And why has the Republicans, you know, Mr. I'm the best Christian conservative in the world. Why hasn't he already filed articles of impeachment? Oh, well, it's grace. I have love. Very convenient. The scriptures command you to do this. Do what's right. That's commanded. Do what's right. Yeah, Clay Tolar. I believe it's Obama running the show too. Or at least one of the people running the show. Somebody's running Obama. But if if our new Speaker of the House is the great Christian he claims to be, and everybody says he is, he would have he, first thing he would have done is filed articles of impeachment, because a Christian does what's right, no matter what the consequences. Removing a man who is mentally incompetent to run this country is what's right. Yes, that's exactly who's running Obama. Clay, Clay knows what time it is, boys and girls. All right, enough of that. Now let's go to something that'll help me calm down and keep my blood pressure. From the Epoch Times. Oh, this ought to be better. This has got to be a more enjoyable in-depth. They escaped communism. Now they warn of total destruction of America. Two people who escaped the brutality of communism share their stories and offer a warning that history is repeating itself right here in America. Charlie, this isn't going to help my blood pressure at all. This is by uh, Patricia Tolson. It was uh, 11-10-2023. 
It says Maximo Alvarez fled Cuba at the age of 13 as part of the Operation Pedro Pan. His parents saw what was happening under the rule of Fidel Castro, and they wanted to spare their son what was coming, what was to come. He was sent to join his brother in Spain, but when he arrived in Miami on his way to Spain, Mr. Alvarez learned that his brother had died, so he stayed in Miami. In an interview with the Epoch Times, Mr. Alvarez offered his observation and warning of what has he has seen happening in America. Quote, I am reliving a nightmare that I thought I would never dream again, he said. Quote, what is happening in this country is literally what is happening in my country when I was barely 11 years old. I lived under the communist system for the first two years and saw on a daily basis how something so beautiful can be destroyed literally one day at a time, progressively, one step at a time. Ooh, where have we heard that before? Woodrow freaking Wilson. Alvarez continues, he says, quote, what is happening in America today is pretty much what happened in Cuba. He reflected saying it's all, quote, part of the plan to destroy the last hope of the world, the United States of America. Plan? Oh, well, we can dismiss this guy, Charlie. He's a conspiracy theorist. What would he know of communists taking over a free country? I mean, he only lived through it. He says, what do you see right now, he asked. You see the Department of Justice prosecuting anybody who is against the government. Yo, Miss Pisaki, pay attention. This is you he's talking about. He noted how January 6th protesters are still being hunted and imprisoned. Former President Donald Trump is being persecuted in court with hundreds of charges, and anyone who is associated with him has become a target of the government. What is happening to them will happen to all of us, Mr. Alvarez insisted. Communist dictators do not forgive. If you rise against them, you are done. Done. Just look at the history of Fidel Castro. Look at North Korea. Look at Russia. Look at China. If any of the people who help their leaders get into power or say anything negative about them, they disappear. They commit suicide. Ooh, kind of like if you say something about the Clintons or Biden or Obama, because, yes, we're a lot of people about if you say anything about the child molesters, you end up committing suicide, even if you're the one who ran the child molestation wing. This article continues. Asked how dictators begin their takeover, Mr. Alvarez said they start by appealing to your feelings. Social justice, he said. They prey on poor people and make all sorts of promises to those people who will become loyal to them. Then the rich get richer, and the middle class joins the poor class, and they become the useful idiots who blame the rich for their demise. It's a plan. Yo, is anybody channeling their inner Ayn Rand here in Atlas Shrugged? This man has got it, and I wonder why. Because he only lived the exact same thing Ayn Rand did. When two people tell me the exact same story from the exact same source, guess what I've found, folks? I have two witnesses telling me the truth of what secular humanism, in all its many forms, does. Black Lives Matter is part of the plan, he added. Burning and destroying businesses, destroying the economy, then you become afraid to go out. Schools are part of the plan, he said further. They want to destroy the family because they know that the family is the foundation of everything. They start promoting abortion, divorce, homosexuality, and transgender, everything that starts tension and anger and envy. Their greatest weapon is fear. Fear is the most destructive, than, more destructive than any atomic bomb, and they use it better than anyone else. They talk about inclusion and equity, Mr. Alvarez reflected. I know all about inclusion because when I came here, I was included into the greatest country in the world. They received me like a son. 
I was provided with all the opportunities in the world. I started my business out of the trunk of my car. Today, Mr. Alvarez lives in Miami as an American citizen. He is also director of the Board of Trustees at Florida State University and president of Sunshine Gasoline Distribution. I like that guy. Yep. And when it happens again, you recognize it. This is Xi Van Fleet, was born in China during the uh, Cultural Revolution imposed by the Chinese Communist Party in the last 10 years of Mao Zedong's brutal reign of power. So she's seen it too. While the actual numbers are highly guarded state secret, the CCP and scholars are forbidden to study the topic. It is estimated that anywhere between 750,000 and 3 million were killed between 1966 and 76. It's actually closer to 60 million. Yes, folks, but I digress. During an interview with the Epoch Times, Ms. Van Fleet shared uh, what she witnessed while growing up in China, uh, China's Sichuan province, and offered a warning that the same history is playing out right now in America. When you experience something, when you know history, when you have lived through history, when it happens again, you recognize what you recognize it. She said, the BLM riots, the cancel culture, the toppling down of statues. That's what I saw in China during the Cultural Revolution. The Red Guards took down the statues and they changed street names. Street names are being changed in America, she noted, recalling how uh, a section of 16th Street in front of the White House was named Black Lives Matter Plaza. They are removing the names of our founding fathers from the schools, she added. They are rewriting history. They want us to forget the past. That's exactly what I experienced in Cultural Revolution. It's history repeating, and America has no idea because Americans were not taught history. They were not taught real history. They were definitely not taught the history of communism and the history of the Chinese communists and the history of the Chinese Cultural Revolution, which is exactly what is going on. That's why people don't know. that They, they, they thought they are woke. They are actually asleep. They are zombies. They don't think because they have no information. They just follow the train thinking they are doing the right thing. Atlas Shrugged, Mr. Alvarez, and this Miss Van Fleet. Right on, right on, right on, my brothers and sister, sisters and brother. And you know what? It might be time for me to get a hold of my buddy, Jose, who lived through the Cuba thing. It might be time for an interview with him. Aaron Spikes, won't the blame for all this kind of go back to the church, the pulpit, the pew for misinterpreting love thy neighbor as thyself? We have reduced Yahweh's definition of love to man's, which is all about emotion. Oh, yes, brother, preach it. Yes, this is the church's fault. What was it, a week or two ago, we were reading one of the more powerful pastors from the founding fathers who said that if this ever happens, it will be the church's fault. This is why history has to be removed, because otherwise you might look back and say, well, I don't need to read that John Adams, dude. Yeah, I know he was called the Atlas of the Revolution, but he was just a deist. He didn't have no Christian feelings. He was just the one who said that the revolution was affected during the Great Awakening, and it was a change in our religious center. Oh, crap. Religion's central to the founding of this country? Yep, first. The proper understanding of religion is central to freedom of man on earth. Yippers. Oh, well, let's go back to that separation of church and state and the secular humanism thing, man. Go Marx. Long live Marx. Kind of hard to live when he doesn't feed you. Oh, we froze. We're over the target. <laughs> We're putting rounds on target today. We're catching flack. I kind of should have expected this today. Yes, I'm in an animated mood. Y'all seem to like it when I get this way, but I can't read these stories and stay calm. 
I want to grab my musket and say, follow me, boys, because I'm chauvinistic that way. I don't expect the women in my culture to have to fight. That's why I was made differently. Stronger upper body, different mentality. I can lock it all out and do what has to be done. You know, I was made for a purpose, a function, and I still remember what that function is. I'm not like one of these little woke little snowflake men that think they're women. And I don't particularly care for women who think they're butch men because I got a little newsflash for you. You're not. That doesn't mean you're not capable and you're not equal and you don't have equal worth. It just means that every time a female goes head to head with a male of about the same size, she gets mowed down. Natasha says, oh, should I say GOP and see if we freeze again? <laughs> GOP, GOP, GOP. Yeah, she's tempting the, the internet gremlins. Again, from the Epoch Times. We are in trouble. Theater goers respond to D'Souza's movie, Police State. At a screening of the movie in Michigan, many shed tears over America's current trajectory and concern over unequal justice. If you have not seen it, go find this movie. You can find it on the internet for free. Well, it might be free. I know that it's it's in the Epoch Times video. If you do not know who Dinesh D'Souza is, time out for a real quick rabbit. Dinesh D'Souza is an immigrant from the country of India. He came here when he was younger. I met him when he was still a young man at, through a book that I had to study in my sociology class. And then I had to study him in philosophy. This man's a sociologist, a philosopher. He's a little bit of everything. And he is buttoned down tight, good with his logic. He falls into a category of very few people that if I had to get in a head-to-head -head debate with him, I might actually just see the, the, the debate rather than get into it with him and end up running the very real risk of looking like a fool because he is tight like Walter Williams and like Thomas Sowell. They had logic buttoned down. Good. A lot of people think Ben Shapiro. No, Ben Shapiro is a blowhard. I like him in one way, but his logic sucks. He spouts fallacies. He's a lot like Dan Bongino. He's just, he's a populist. He's like Trump. People love to hear him mow down their enemies. Watch D'Souza do it sometime online. He, he does things I wish I could do. He stays emotionally controlled. He gets a little animated. He'll put emphasis in his voice, but he doesn't lose it like, like I do, like Shapiro does. He's not bombastic. And he will put the tip of the knife right where it needs to be and take just enough of a flick to just totally gut your intellectual argument and he'll do it with a smile on his face and kindly with grace. Oh man, he is a master at this stuff, which is why they don't ever allow him in the colleges or very seldom. You've got to go to, you got to go to events where he's coming to your area and you have to actually go there. You have to be looking for him to find him most of the time. And he's an excellent documentarian. He's the one who did the 2000 mules about the uh, vote rigging. So this is his latest. It's uh, D'Souza's police state. Go look for that. It says, I, this is one of the viewers. It says, I, I cried in there. It made me so sad to see what is happening to America, said a suburban woman on her way out of the theater. That was the reaction of numerous moviegoers as they exited the October 23rd theater premiere showing of Police State, the latest feature film by conservative author, filmmaker, and political commentator Dinesh D'Souza. 
The teary-eyed woman was among the many people who stopped to talk to the Epoch Times in the lobby or parking lot at the large theater Metroplex in Macomb uh, County, Michigan. This is how do our officials sleep at night? Innocent people are being prosecuted, people who are not criminals, she said. I pray that God would use this well-done film to have an effect on those who should fear them. Miss Pisaki, she's talking about you and your buddies in the Democrat Party and the Biden, the Biden, Obama, Obiden administration. You guys are the third world banana lawless republic, not Trump. Trump was at least repealing, appealing to laws that are on the books and enforcing them properly, like he should have done before the 2020 election. You're just upset because he's finally going to spank you and send you back to your room, or at least he's promising to. A grandmother's response, she says, we are in trouble, said a 70-year-old grandmother of six. Our children and our grandchildren are in trouble. We need to fight back hard. I got tickets for five of my friends and relatives. Many people I know are still so complacent. They would be devastated if they saw this film, and well, they should be. I ask myself, are we getting to enough people who who are knowledgeable and need to be informed? Well, that's the purpose of this whole show. And it goes into the enemy of the American people. And look at here. Sheriff's launch movement to investigate the 2000 mules election fraud evidence. Richard Mack, this is a video of that, says they are allowing the takedown of America through unlimited immigration. They have created an unfair system of justice. They are running roughshod over our Constitution and are hurting us all through the debt fueled inflation. Bob from Washington, Michigan, called the leaders in Washington morons. No, actually, they're traitors. They're subversionists and seditionists. And this is all part of the plan. We have read the plan. Boys and girls, get ready to say it with me now. Everybody turn on your microphones. This was explained by Woodrow Freaking Wilson. We've been over it on this show. It might be time for a refresher when we come back from the Thanksgiving break. By the way, should have said this at the top of the show. Next week, Charlie and I haven't been able to figure out how to program shows. So, we're taking the week off. Y'all come back a week from Friday, you know, a week from Monday rather, and we'll be good to go. But all next week, we're just going to be disappearing from the internet. Go be with family and do something that's really important and has lasting eternal value and meaning. Be and, with the people you love. And we have playlists out there too if you're yeah, really you, bored. Yeah, yeah, you can go find the replays all on your own. Scroll through our data and just go replay a show. It'll be fun. Okay, I need a story that is not going to continue with the ones we've already picked. I need to calm down. One of your classmates out there, Ray 13 is probably going to chastise me. So Joe, you're being a bad witness. You got to control yourself. There is still a little green amphibious monster in me who wants to go crazy when he reads these things. The Marine in me is like, I'm still 18 and I'm still a lean green fighting machine. My body's like, Oh no, you're not. But the monster inside me hasn't taken a look in the mirror in a long time, and he still thinks he is. And he's ready to write a check that my body can no longer cash. But that's okay, because what a way to go. So let's see if I can find a story that will help me calm down. It won't be so bad. Remember, the movie is about the American police state, you know, being turning communist, surveilling it. What's this? Oh, this is another one from the Epoch Times, which you may not be able to get to if you don't have an account. Surveillance cameras and whistleblower were keys to cracking ballot box stuffing case. What? Pisaki told me this is a lot. Oh, these are all conspiracy theorists. This couldn't possibly. 
Activist claims of widespread voter fraud were bolstered by video evidence of illegal ballot box stuffing that caused a judge to order a redo of a primary. Hello, Dinesh D'Souza and 2000 Mules. You know that, oh, that video is full of garbage. It ain't got nothing to it. That's all just January 6th conspiracy theorists. Those are seditionists. They're trying to take over the country and overthrow a valid election. It was not valid. The 2020 election was stolen. Strike me, Facebook. Prove me wrong when you've already admitted it in court that you had a hand in it. Give me a strike on this one. I might go see if I can find a lawyer who wants to sue you over this. I'm not going to sue for money. Mr. Zuckerberg, I'm going to sue for ownership of your business with a jury, not a judge, a jury of my peers, conspiracy whack jobs. Hey, Charlie, what are you going to do when we take over Facebook? Because <laughs> we'll win that case. <laughs> that would be fun. So back to our article. It says it took a uh, conscience, courage, cameras, in a court to overturn the results of the corrupt September 12th Bridgeport, Connecticut, Democrat mayoral primary election. The conscience and courage came from the as yet unidentified whistleblower who provided the incriminating footage to the public. Notice, couldn't give it to the court. You got to give it to the people, which is why Trump wants his trials televised. The video is public property. Nonetheless, the Bridgeport Police Department is conducting an investigation to find out who leaked it and to determine if the action constituted any criminal wrongdoing. This is a Snowden case. I give you information that you're supposed to know in a free democracy and the police crack down on it. Hello, Jen Psaki. You're yelling at the wrong person. Look in the mirror, you redheaded twit. Yeah, I know. You're a sexist, Joe. No, I'm an equal opportunity accuser. If she were male, I'd be using even harsher language. The camera surveillance, the drop boxes belong to the city of Bridgeport and monitored by the city police. The superior court judge that invalidated the election wrote that his decision came down to the practical and common sense application of the law to the facts of the case. The volume of evidence in this case, including many hundreds of hours of video surveillance disclosed and accepted, is perhaps unprecedented in the state of Connecticut in an election case, wrote the judge William Clark in his November 1st, 2023 decision to nullify the election's outcome and order a redo. Well, the uh, 2000 mules provided enough information to do that in all the states that gave Biden the election. Why haven't we overturned this piece of crap farce of an election yet? Comment by the Arctic tortoise. Why are individual state attorneys not suing them for voter interference and fraud? Because they're in Soros's pocket, tortoise. The DAs are owned by the left. This country has been progressively taken over by communists. Exactly the way. Come on, boys and girls. Woodrow freaking Wilson said he would through the bureaucracy it's a conspiracy but it ain't no theory and i'm about sick and tired of being called i got a meme that i'm going to share with y'all soon it's a picture of a young woman sitting in the car just leaning back with her cigarette just chilling with a little snarky look on her face and it says me sitting back watching everything i told you was going to happen come to fruition and all my friends starting to realize that i was a prophet no i wasn't I'm not a prophet. I just know history 
in human nature and know how to do the sociological math. Two plus two is always going to give me four. Oh, that, and I honor the threat. When they tell me they're going to take over the country from within, creating a deep state, using the bureaucracy and the education system and the media, I believe them. And when I look around, lo and behold, what do I find? A deep state that was created in part by using the universities and elite schools and systems like the Skull and Bones and Crossbones Society and all that crap, and is further supported by the media, which is why I have a president, so to speak, who says, I don't need your vote to get elected. I just need your support to keep the election because I have the largest voter theft organization that has ever been created in the, in the history of man. Oh, yeah, that, that was Biden's words, folks. You just have to put two video clips together, and that's exactly what he said. We've rigged the election, so I don't need your vote to get elected. I need your support afterwards to keep them from enforcing the law and allow me to keep what I stole. He told us. He also told those people in Michigan, I think it was Michigan, Ohio, I don't work for you. I, why was he running for their vote if he doesn't work for them? That's because he has somebody's hand up his butt side. He works for them. If you listen, evil tells you who and what it is. I know I put a happy, happy, joy, joy show into our story in here somewhere. Oh, gosh. Epoch Times again. Elections department sends out wrong ballots to undetermined number of people. Officials in Montana County said an unknown number of wrong ballots were sent out recently. This is 11-8-2023. It's been three years since the 2020 election theft. You would think that somebody somewhere would have solved these problems by now. Has anybody else ever noticed that when the left does something that's illegal, oh, it was just a mistake, I'm sorry, mea culpa, and nothing happens. But if Donald Trump goes, oh, it was legal, I did it, here's the law, oh, no, you're trying to overthrow the country, we're going to put you in jail and charge you with 50 million bazillion crimes. Jen Psaki, stop talking to me about a banana republic, you've already created one. Go crawl under a rock and stay there. I don't want to see your face anymore, I'm tired of you. Little redheaded twits mouth moves, it's a lie. It's genetic. It's born into her. She can't help it. She's a progressive. They lie. Joe, this is a little, no, it's not too harsh. And they exist in both parties. Remember, well, Newt Gingrich is a hero. Yeah, and he's a Woodrow freaking Wilsonian progressive. Real politic progressive. His words, not mine. Jimmy Zinker likes to remind us of this. Yes, ma'am. Is that a new hashtag for us? Real politic, freak Woodrow freaking Wilson, you know, progressive. That's yeah. a long hashtag. Nobody will catch on to that one. Too much for them to spell. They're lazy. Aw. We can't even get them to catch on to Woodrow freaking Wilson yet. <sighs> anyway, I don't know what the heck I was talking about. I must be losing my freaking mind. Whoops. There we go. The elections department in Flathead County, Montana, said that it sent out the wrong number of ballots to an unknown number of voters during Tuesday's election. Yeah, I bet you I know where they are going to, the DNC. 
Officials in the county said that the voters in November 7th municipal elections in Kalispell got the wrong ballots, according to a news release obtained by Flathead Beacon. They, they blame the error on a clerical mistake. It's always some sort of mistake. That person should at least be fired. The Flathead County Elections Office acknowledged this oversight raises concerns regarding a safe and accurate election process, Flathead County Public Information Officer Kim Griesner said in the release. The Elections Department is fully aware of the gravity of the situation and is unwaveringly committed to ensure... Oh, good. Liar. Liar. Just, just liar. Oh, we screwed up, which means we can't trust the vote, but we just got to keep going because it's, you know, Biden got stole the election, but we just can't, we can't go correct that, man. You can't question the result of an election we just stole in front of the whole world. Keep on moving. You're not allowed to investigate Dominion voting machines. Well, why not? Well, because they're made in Canada and Canada is owned by China and they're thoroughly communist. They're just pretending to be a free democracy. And if you investigate the machine, you might find out that Z was the one over there telling us who to vote for and plugging it in on the computer somewhere. Well, it's an American election. I should be able to look at whatever I want to. It's supposed to be transparent. Oh, no, not in this case. You're a Trumpian conspiracy overthrowing seditionist nut. We can't let you look at that. You might lie about what you find. Even though we have a kid who showed you how to go into the machine, flip this, do that, put the thumbnail drive in there, dump the votes into it, come back out of the machine, said it took him six minutes. He put the video online. Y'all remember that? He put 34,000 votes into one of those machines during a live election. You know what they did? They counted his votes. But you can't look at the Dominion machines. They're not vulnerable. Who said so? The people who stole the election. No pin pin here, right? Y'all remember that reference? How many of y'all watch NCIS? Remember the episode where Gibbs gets blown up? You know, he's chasing that terrorist named Pin Pin Pua. He gets blown up. And he's in a coma. And he, when he comes out of the coma, he goes into the, you know, the, the wizardry room, MTech or whatever, where all the computers are. And he's watching the U.S. ship. They're going to go catch the ship. You know, the Gibbs wants you to stop it because it's going to blow people up in the Mediterranean. It's going to be a terrorist bomb. And everybody's like, well, there's no pin pin pua on that ship. And Gibbs is like, yes, he is. He's the communication officer. Well, yeah, well, we've been faxing pin pin's picture to the ship this whole time. And it keeps coming back. He's not on the ship. Gibbs is like, he's a communications officer. You're faxing it to him. He throws the fax away and says, no pin pin here. Well, hey, Democrats, look, there's a, there's a crime going on. You, you guys are breaking the law. And they go, yeah, let us look into that. Nope, no crime here. The, the American left is no pin pin here because they are the terrorists. And America can't see this. You're all busy in the fight between Trump and Biden. You actually believe that. Oh, wait to the end of today's show. Wait to the end of today's show. I sound like a broken record, Joe. Yeah, I guess I do. You can tune out today, Road Dog. You don't have to be here. <laughs> I'm in snarky mode, right? Okay. It's not like anybody else has ever found out that we're in the grips of. I'm going to lose all our audience today, Charlie. You were supposed to give me a happy, happy, joy, joy show about puppies and flowers. What audience? Oh, I mean. <laughs> this one's by Breitbart. Exposed Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum's secret blueprint to control every aspect of your life. 
Now, this is just pure conspiracy theory. That's why we don't watch Breitbart and read Breitbart, right? Klaus Schwab took $6,000 in seed money in 1971 and transformed the World Economic Forum, WEF, from a humble gathering of academics into the most exclusive club in the world. The WEF now rakes in $390 million annually. They don't produce a thing. I wonder where that money's coming from. Anyhow, it says, uh, I'm not even going to read all this. We're just going to, I want to read the subheadlines. They want financial control implementing CBDCs, central bank digital currencies globally. Is that happening? Yes. So check. That's already started. The Fed started that in this country already. They started it in July. They want energy control, banning gas vehicles and stoves and throttling thermostats. Is that happening? Yes. You have smart meters on your house. They've already started the war on gas vehicles and they've started the war on gas stoves. Your heaters are going to go next. We're going to be all electric. Don't worry about that. It's not like I have a story that tells you that's any problem. So we're, we're just going to go electric. It'll be okay. They want food control. They want to expand lab-grown meats, terminator seeds, and insect-based proteins. Terminator seeds, that means that the plant you grow from that seed will not produce another plant the next year. In other words, you need to buy their seed every year, which is what our corn is right now from Monsanto's. And by the way, bees can't pollinate that crap. It kills the bees. Hmm. I wonder how and why. Anyway, and it's not like China and and, uh, Bill Gates own most of our farmland in this country. And it's not like we've turned most of the family farms into giant corporations controlled by the, yeah, none of this is happening. They want health control, expanding mandatory medical technologies and digital IDs, as well as government control of all of it. It's not like that moron right there is wanting to kill you with his jabs. By the way, does that face of Bill Gates look the same as the one that you knew about uh, 20 years ago? Just asking, because I don't think it's the same man. Notice that they'll never do a a side-by-side comparison of these people through a facial recognition program. I've seen them when they do that. (laughs) Look for that sometime. Come back and tell me what you find. They want technology control. They're pushing AI and transhumanism. It's not like people think that they're going to blend their their brain with a machine. I mean, you know. Bezos and, and um, what's his name? Uh, Musk. They've already said that that started, that they've done that once already. <sighs> yeah, none of this is happening. Nothing to worry about there, folks. The World Economic Forum is not at the center of any of this. <sighs> throw that out there v did not do a good enough skin mask new personal yes the arctic tortoise remembers hey y'all do realize that the 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 seraphim lizard people yes they're they're you'll find ancient statues of these seraphim lizard people you know the fallen angels if the pit's been open, the movie V might have just been a boast about the reality of who's actually running our world. Azazel and the boys are back. Not that that matters to anybody. I, I told Charlie we weren't going to do religion today, even though we're doing religion with every one of these stories today. I mean, oh, by the way, we're all going to go electric. It's okay, folks. Don't worry. It's just renewable energies. Don't worry about the damage we do, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine time full damage we do to the environment with electric. At least you don't see it. It's out of the way. But we're all going to... Oh, this is from Just the News. 
U.S. power grid faces higher risk of blackouts during extreme weather, high demand, studies show. The report is the latest in a string of reports over the past year that find that changing mix of electricity generation sources, specifically the increased reliance on quote-unquote green energy, to the North American grid is threatening the nation's energy security and making it harder to keep up electricity supplies during high demand periods or weather emergencies. Yeah, so you can't charge your electric vehicle during certain hours because of, you know, maximum capacity of the grid. So this is nudge, Charlie. This is nudge. I don't want you to be able to drive. So I'm going to give you an electric vehicle and then tell you you can't charge it. Yeah, exactly. I can't kill all of you with the jab. So I'll just freeze you out this winter when your, excuse me, your power goes out. Yeah. Because you know who usually dies in really cold weather? The elderly and the The sick. sick. Just like with the jabs for the most part. Until now, with all the boosters and everything, we got young male athletes in their prime dropping dead of heart attacks right on the field. And nobody can seem to figure out why there is a common thread, the jabs, but you know, that can't possibly Let's be see. it. Why can't that be the, it? Young because athletic men, men, but not I women. Have, I don't know what would that, that would have anything to do with anything. Yeah. That that's the something wives tale or whatever that movie is about yeah. how they just want to keep the women from breeding from their superior genetic code. Handmaid's Tale or whatever it is. Another boast. Yeah, 15 minute cities. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah, need yeah, to drive. You don't have to drive. That's right. You don't you don't need to charge that vehicle. Oh, by you the don't way, you need one. I didn't mention this, but the you know the World Economic Forum's plan sounds an awful lot like Agenda 2034. They keep moving it. It used to be 2020, and they can't because somewhere along the line, somebody's riding the brakes on them somehow. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, they don't want to pay out the Social Security, Clay. You're right. They got to get rid of the elderly because then it's also cheaper on your health care as well. But like, you know, it, 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 the left is just totally incompetent. It's all mistakes. We, we, we can't help it. All these people, they don't know how to do anything, right? Right? Unless, of course, their buddies are coming to town. President Xi is coming to visit San Francisco and the city somehow figured out how to clean up and move the homeless off the streets. And like overnight, look at the picture there, man. You're just a puff. No more homeless people. You'd start to think that at some point they're allowing this degradation and decay of the cities on purpose as an attack on either give into what we want you to do, in which case we'll make you rich and you'll become of the beast. Or if you just insist on wanting to still do what's supposed to be right, according to this fictitious God of the world, this is what we're going to give you. And oh, by the way, once all of y'all give in, we're going to make you poor anyhow. Because the only pigs that are equal are the three that are in the house. And those are the people running the place until they turn on each other. Remember the first story we read from the Mr. Alvarez tells you? As soon as one of your own criticizes the other, you know, if one of those three little piggies criticized the other two, there'd be there'd be bacon for dinner tonight. And there'd be two piggies in the house. And yeah, a pig will eat itself. Pigs are cannibals. So perfect analogy. (sighs) Should I even ask what happened to the homeless there? You probably shouldn't, Natasha. Soylent green is people. Let me ask you a question. This 3D food they're wanting to feed us, you know, 3D printing. What exactly are they using to print that with? Y'all know how 3D printers work? You ever seen one? 
there's a spool of a material at the top of the printer, and it's usually in a long thread, like weed eater line. Sometimes it's metal. Sometimes it's most of the time it's just a plastic, a form of a plastic. And you feed that into the printer, and the printer atomizes it and spits it out in little itty bitty layers as it goes over, kind of like a printing machine, literally. So, you know, every photocopy, every time it does this, it, it prints a picture of about, you know, so many microns, real thin layer, thinner than a piece of paper, it prints a layer of the picture. But it's taking this plastic. What? In order for it to have any type of nutritional value, they have to take something of nutrient, put it into a machine, mush it all up into some sort of liquid and form it into this little feed, this thread that they feed into these printer machines. What are they feeding you? I'm serious. You know, they don't tell you in the ingredients. That's somehow or another, they just say, you know, whatever, bioengineered. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I need to know what that is. Because I have a sneaky suspicion that Soylent Green is people maybe another predictor of the future. Don't put it past these folks. You have got to come to grips with a realization of what you're dealing with. Don't play games with it. This is very real, folks. By the way, last story for this hour. I got a couple more when we come back. Amazon continues to sell River to the Sea merchandise despite mantra being condemned as anti-Semitic. T-shirts and hoodies with the phrase can be found on Amazon in both men and women's sizes. Did you see the show last week when I showed you that River to the Sea is a way of saying annihilate the nation of Israel? You're not standing with Palestine, boys and girls. If you stand with Palestine, you stand with Islam. Not my words, Hamas's words. We read that last week. We read it right out of their charter. If you stand with Islam, you know who you're standing with? His name's Allah, right? Well, yes and no. Allah is an Arabic word for Elohim or God or Theos. It's all the same word. It's a generic word for a God. The Allah of Islam in Arabia was Bel. In the ancient Aramaic, it was spelled Biel. Baal, the god of Canaan that Israel had so much trouble with, B-A-A-L, was spelled Biel. Bel and Baal both have three daughters. They're both fertility gods. They're both thunder gods. One's god of the moon, one's god of the sun, but that's because they transferred. Baal and Bel are the same God. Joe, there's that religion stuff again. Uh-huh. The point being is it never went anywhere. You can quit paying attention to it. It has not quit paying attention to you and I. You can ignore it. It's not going to ignore you. All you're going to become is, sorry, road dog, I got to repeat myself again. You're going to become the scantily clad little teenage girl in the horror movie, grade B horror movie, sitting there with the monster over her back going, as long as I don't recognize that I'm supporting a false God, he's not going to eat me. I guarantee you, you're either going to convert to Islam and live like a good little Muslim or he will eat you. Yep. 
So as soon as Palestine gets rid of the Jews and there are no more Jews, guess who's left, according to Muhammad? The people of the book. And Islam thinks all Americans are Christians, whether you say you are or not. They don't care. So you're either going to become a Muslim or you're going to become dead. That'll never happen, Joe. Uh-huh. The people that Obama was so buddy-buddy with said it would. The Muslim Brotherhood, you know, the organization in this country that is linked directly to Hamas and terrorism, that our Department of Justice will not prosecute or pursue or even investigate, namely because our intelligence community and DOJ has been riddled full of good little Muslims put there by Obama and never removed. So when you tell the DOJ, hey, look, bad people, they go, no bad people there, no pin pin. Because they are the bad people protecting them. The bad people protecting bad people. If, of course, you look at it from that position. If you're a Muslim, you're happy with all of this. You know, that pro-Palestine movement in New York City where they were tearing down the American flags and hoisting a Palestinian flag over the land of the United States of America? How many real Americans were running out there to pull that flag down? It's freedom of speech, Joe. That's not speech. That's an action. Well, the Supreme Court said that burning a flag is speech. No, it isn't. The Supreme Court lied. Speech is speech. Either in print, verbal, or audio form, it's speech. Raising a flag is symbolic of an ownership of that country. If it was just speech, that Israeli general in, in 1967 wouldn't have told the, the Israeli army, pull that daggum flag down off that mosque. You want to start a war? It was just speech. All they have to do is say, well, it's just a figure of speech. Islam wouldn't have seen it that way. You raise a Palestinian flag over the city of New York, our first capital, the capital that the spiritual world still recognizes. I don't see that. The city that raised the Arch of Baal not too long ago, that still holds the symbol of Baal on Wall Street, the bull. I don't see raising the flag of Islam, the religion of Baal, over my original capital as meaningless. Or did any of y'all connect any of that? In those colors, red, white, green, and black. I know of four little horsies that same color that'll come after Israel in the end times too. None of this makes any difference to you. It's all just coincidence. A coincidence that was spelled out 2,000 years ago that just happens to be rhyming and echoing the exact same way it was told that we, it would. What exactly does this country need as proof before it'll wake up? We've got earthquakes, fires, famines, floods, droughts, blood moon tetrads, solar eclipses, comets. What more do you... Well, until God jumps down and I shows his face in the sky and talks to me, I'm not going to believe. He's going to do that too, but when that happens, it's too late. Aaron Spike's coming on the board. There will be a remnant of believers that will be changed at the twinkling of an eye. So there are those that will be saved through the tribulation until the return. That's just my opinion now. Yeah, I get it. Nobody wants to believe. You know, if this was a so-called secular prophecy, the whole world would be falling in line with it. Which, by the way, is exactly what the Bible tells us to expect as well. 
We're going to go to the break, six minutes. When we come back, I'm going to read a post from the Babylon, not the B, about the new Marvels movie. And oh boy, is it on target. And yeah, he'll be same pew as I am right now. Then I'm going to read a political post to you that'll explain to you why you're not voting your way out of this mess. Your elections are useless. Even if you could get them right and the person that actually won got the office, you're not voting your way out of this. I'll show you. And then we'll go from there. See you in six.
quarterback. It's telling Charlie during the break. I days like today. <laughs> I should have just stayed home. Uh, I probably do more harm than good. Yeah, you know, like Road Dog was saying, broken record. I have two more articles left for you. Then I'm gonna have a little discussion with you. We gotta pull something good out of out of this somehow today. Um over the weekend, not the B published a story saying that there wasn't anything really bad about the new Marvels movie. And then this morning, Elon Musk posts overturned, not the B's review of the Marvels missed the mark. So I stepped in to correct the record. And he just talks about this and he goes in here. He says, let me be very clear. I have not seen the Marvels, nor would I encourage anybody in their right mind to spend money to do so. I know enough to know that I don't need to see this movie and that at Planet Morons review missed the mark by a country mile. Here's why. The Marvels is woke garbage simply because it exists. And he goes on to explain that the character of, of Captain Marvel in, in this series, the reason she has to be off on her own somewhere out of the way is because she's so powerful. No, none of the other Avengers can exist around her, not even Thor. She solves everybody's problems without even trying. She's so powerful. In other words, it's a God figure, a female God figure. And they, they go on to talk about in a, in a, that's the spiritual aspect. But if you put this in the material way, the woke way is just put a chick in it and make a gay, make her, make it gay and lame. There's a, from a far side or whatever. I don't know. I, I never watched this either, but it's from another one of those type of video clips. And he's quoting something else. He's not saying that he's quoting something else. So the point of this, though, is we've gone so woke in this country that there are no male heroes anymore. All the men in uh, the male figures in you know Endgame were so weak, they couldn't do anything with Thanos. We needed to have, have this superwoman show up and save everybody. <laughs> well, I'm not into the comic book world. I don't know who is and isn't. I, I, this isn't an anti-feminist thing either spiritually, this is a replacement theology thing. We're going to replace the role of the Christ figure, a man, male, with a female, and paint her in the image of the Messiah. If you don't know enough to understand why that is spiritually a problem, spend more time with us on Wednesdays. I'm not going to go into it in too much depth. But what this ultimately does is as soon as women start thinking you don't need men anymore, they solve their population problem because you have no more babies. Women will eventually get around to figuring out they, they kind of did need men, but by then it's too late. We were talking about this before the show started. Japan, I've mentioned this to you before. This is by design. People are doing this on purpose. In Japan, you have a bunch, you have a generation of young women running around dressed like anime characters. And they really want to have babies or at least practice making babies, if y'all are understanding what I'm saying. And they're running around looking for young men to, you know, but the boys don't want nothing to do with them. The boys are all into their video games and other stupid stuff. So it's kind of like there's an episode. 
on the Big Bang Theory. So Leonard and I think Howard, Raj, and um, Sheldon are all, if you haven't seen the show, I can't help you with it too much. I'll try to explain. They're all playing their video games. And Penny comes in with four of her, uh, three of her girlfriends. So there's four girls, and they're dressed in their party clothes, real scantily clad. And she opens the door, and she yells at them, hey, we all here to have, you know, sex. And the boys don't even hear them. And Penny turns around and looks at her girlfriends and says, see, told you. That's actually happening in Japan. And they are losing their population. I've mentioned this to you before. It's a problem, and people know about it over there, and there's not a whole lot they can do about it. You have similar problems with this spiritually in this country. If you replace the male figurehead with a female, you degrade the family. You degrade, degrade the moral fabric of the society that holds it together. The glue comes undone. And when the glue comes undone, it's kind of like the Air Force has a phrase when you lose the Jesus nut on the top of the helicopter rotor. The nut goes, the rotor goes, you get to meet Jesus. It's just a joke. There is no single nut that holds that rotor on, but they, they call it the Jesus nut. I mean, if you lose that, you get to meet the maker. Well, as a society, when you lose that glue, society's gone. Whether you like it or not, feminization of the Western world is part of, it's a symptom of the glue coming undone in this country. And I know if I say this, I'm going to get accused. It's like, everything is racist. You just pull out the race card, throw that down. Joe's defeated with the race. No, I'm not. Pull out the sexist male macho sexist card. Throw that down, you misogynist. No, I'm not. I'm not defeated at all. I'm speaking the truth. It's a role. It is a role that we were designed to, to do and play and, and be part of by the creator of this universe. And when you screw up the roles, you know, from now on, I'm going to make the weak electromagnetic force the strong one and the strong one the weak one. Guess what? We all implode. Or fly apart. So, you know, men are women, women are men, and you can decide that when you're four years old and we got to go ahead and give you your sex change operation when you're four. Mom and daddy can't have any say in this. None of that's happening, Joe. It, you might want to pay a little bit more attention to the news, especially in California. Yes, it is happening. At least the hormone blockers are being given out at young ages without mommy and daddy's uh, consent. And when mom and dad try to do something about it, the children are taken away because mom and dad won't affirm the child's choice, which was put in their heads by their teachers, which is by definition child abuse. But, you know, as long as it's about this after the ball agenda, we can't enforce the law there. You live in a society that is coming unwound. And you think you're going to vote your way out of it. <laughs> then there's this article. This one's serious. The Rutherford Institute. This is by John and Nisha Whitehead, November 7th, 2023. It says, stop drinking the political Kool-Aid, America. Voting will not save us. Very well worth your read. You should go see this one later on after the show. I don't know if we'll make it a full another hour. You might have time to go read this when we're done if we don't make it a full hour. I'm not going to read this for you today on the show. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. Have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? You have President Camacho, 
in his red, white, and blue, looks like Apollo right out of the Rocky movies, firing his AK-47 into the ceiling of the of the White House and everything, you know, the, the Capitol building on the floor of the house. Got his big WWF medal on his chest. The president is just a popularity campaign. It's just, it, 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 it has become entertainment at that point in the movie. Well, that's what Rutherford's point here is in the in this article. You're not running for substance anymore. There's no substance anymore. It's all just show. It's a PR campaign. It's entertainment. It's politics now is nothing more than who can out-popularize. Who has the catchiest phrase? It's the economy stupid or, you know, make America great again. And nobody pays attention to the substance or the character of the people running. It's reality TV. That's exactly what it is. And if you think that votes our way out of the problems we're in, okay, whatever. Doesn't work, won't work, because it can't work. But yet what he's telling us was we're all drinking the Kool-Aid because we, we have fallen for the illusion. Just keep voting for this guy or that girl or this girl or that guy or whatever. And then when you do vote, you're voting for the wrong reasons. You're voting because you want Trump to get back at him. Give him theirs for a change. If you were voting for, at least on the surface, appearance of principle and policy, you'd be voting for DeSantis. But you're not. And that's okay. I like that. Don't get me wrong. I don't want him going anywhere. I want him forced to keep his promise to the state of Florida. He said he wouldn't do run for president. Or at least he worded it in such a slimy way that gave you that impression. It, lawyer speak so that he could later say, well, I technically didn't say that. Yeah, you did. You knew the impression you were giving and you didn't mean it. So I don't care what the technical way of the way you said it is. That's what you meant. That's the, what you, the impression you conveyed. So I'm glad he's going to be stuck here. But if you're voting for Trump, where was his epiphany? What, what, what evidence do we have that Trump suddenly got ideological and realized where he went wrong and how he can fix it? I, I, don't, I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. It, we just got to vote for more Republicans, Joe. Well, good. Then all I got is more Democrats and Republican clothing. No, Joe, you got to vote for the right Republicans. Oh, now we're back to no true Scotsman again. You're not voting your way out of this. And you're not going to Jefferson option your way out of this either. The people who think that you're going to take up arms and solve this, you're not listening to Adams. I've tried to tell you. You don't want to listen to me. You don't want to listen to John. I mean, he only did it. What the hell does he know? He just helped form this country. He doesn't know Jack. Patrick Henry, he doesn't know anything. Whitfield, he doesn't know anything. Ben Franklin. If a sparrow cannot fall to the ground, lest he notice, should we expect a nation to rise without his approval and his help, his consent? You mean Ben Franklin's praying to the God of the Bible to help establish this country successfully? Gee, I thought he was a deist. That's just his speech at the convention when the convention was failing. I mean, I paraphrased it. I didn't quote it word for word. That's Jimmy Zinker's world. I can't do that. 
But if you look it up, you're going to find out I had it right. I gave you the gist. For years now, people, what do we do, Joe? You get back, you repent. You repent and you seek his face. I don't want to do that. Then stop asking me. It's like Maverick in the new movie. I don't like that face, man. It's the only one I got. I don't like that answer, Joe. It's the only one I got. Also happens to be the right one. What do you mean by repent? <laughs> Quit doing what you're doing and return to the way, the narrow path, the Torah. I don't want to follow the law of Moses. Aha, we froze again there. Over to the target again. Torah is not the law of Moses. Torah is the whole, whole Bible. I don't, I keep telling you this. I'm going to be snarky to Road Dog today. Broken record time again, Road Dog. <laughs> Road Dog's going to hear that for the rest of the week. <laughs> this is what happens when you give teach a hard time, Road Dog. <laughs> I keep telling you over and over again that I cannot talk to you anymore without bringing my faith into this. And I'm going to take a moment here and I'm going to, I'm going to run with something. I have been doing something in the background, been doing some studying and it's connected to worship Wednesdays where we're at right now, like last last Wednesday's show. And you're going to get a, a different show tomorrow. Um, dip by DDT and he will hear heal your land. If you repent. Yes. Tomorrow I've is teaching Tuesday. I'm going to have a logic class for you tomorrow, but the subject, the subject that we're going to illustrate our use of logic with is going to be the Bible. This is going to be a very good apologetics class. And it stems from something that that's happened since last Wednesday. If you were to look at the congregation where I go, where I worship, it would be lumped into what's, called the Hebrew roots movement. I don't like the word. I don't like the term, but that's okay. That's that would be lumped into that. And the visible church considers us to both Catholic and Protestant considers the Hebrew roots movement to be heretical. You have a lot of people within it that are heretics. I get that, but nobody's paying attention to the actual movement. Nobody's using logic. I got into this movement in a bubble. And I, I never sought to get into it. I simply started studying the Bible, leading the group of people that I was with. And 15 years later, I come up for air and I found out I'm in this thing called the Hebrew Roots Movement. Well, how did I get there? You were studying the Bible on its own terms. So when the church says you're heretics for following the scriptures on their own terms, what does that tell me about the church? It's kind of like a progressive saying you're a seditionist because you want to follow the original intent of the Constitution, as the founders explained it. What that means is the progressive has changed the meaning of the Constitution, and they don't want you to return to it. I started the show with that article by Pisaki, because that's exactly what she's saying. So what's the church say? I don't want you to return 
to the Bible. Well, that caused some trouble for somebody that watches this class on Wednesday with their pastor. And apparently the pastor watched the first hour of the show and all he focused on was he thought I was being a little flippant with somebody's safety because of the way I joke about Islam. I'm a Marine. We joke about death all the time. That's how you deal with the fact that you live in constant peril of dying at any given second. It's the only way you can stay sane. But I'm a Marine. If you think that I don't understand the threat of Islam, you haven't listened to the Marine Corps hem lately. Shores of Tripoli, Muslims, we were born into this, literally. The Marine Corps has an institutional memory, meaning we have not forgotten. It's where we get the nickname Leatherneck to keep the Muslims from cutting our heads off with their scimitar swords. We haven't forgotten. It wasn't flippant. But he didn't pay attention to any of the scripture or the logic I was bringing you. So let's tie that back in today. Manic Monday is supposed to be political, Joe. It is. It is. If you study the United States founding, the Declaration of Independence is a spiritual document. It's also a legal document of the times. Where do I see that in the Bible? The Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Charlie, you might want to pop your mic on. Charlie, is the, the first five books of the Bible, are they or are they not constitute a legal document? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Very legalistic language, isn't it? Very legalistic. You know what else it also mirrors? The marriage contract. The Hebrew weddings marriage contract has five parts. Each part of that Bible, each part of those first five books mirrors and represents one of those parts of that marriage contract, especially in what it focuses on. It's legal language. So if I go study the legal language of the Bible, especially the first five books, I might find that it says something other than what I've been taught my whole life, huh? Uh, yeah. A lot of times I will, especially if I pay a little bit of attention to the original language and culture behind our English translations. What do you think happens if I go back and I study the uh, Declaration of Independence in its original culture and times? You think I might find it says something different than what I thought? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie. I know I put you on the spot there, but <laughs> you're used to that by now. So, yeah, it does. And it guides the Constitution. How you understand the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is guided by the Declaration of Independence. How you read the rest of your Bible should be guided by the first five books of the Bible. It's parallels. It's patterns. I'm a pattern guy. I see patterns. And by pattern, I mean lines of logic, lines of thinking, you know, connected A leads to B leads to C leads to D leads to E, F, G, H, all the way to Z, or Aleph leads all the way to Tav, or Alpha to Omega, whatever you want. I try to teach whoever will listen to me to look for these patterns, to recognize them. There are spiritual patterns in the world around you right now. We were covering some of them in the, in the stories today. I bring this to you all the time. If there's a value in this show, that's where it really lies. Because if you see the truth of these patterns, 
hopefully then you'll be motivated to track some of the threads I hand you, pull them to the end for yourself. Prove me wrong sometime. Just don't try to prove me right, wrong that way. Prove me wrong by trying to prove me right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? If I wanted to prove Woodrow Wilson wrong, the best way to do it is try to prove his ideas are correct. The problem I'm going to have is they're not, and I know they're not. And every time I try to prove him right, I'm going to realize, well, wait a minute. That contradicts this, that, or the other thing. It won't help me prove Wilson correct. It will help me better understand Wilson's ideas. And it'll also make me stronger in my objection to it. So go prove Christianity right. Now that's going to be harder to do. Because the scripture flat out tells you that if you're not seeking him sincerely, you're not capable of understanding the Bible. One of the proofs of this is that those believers who read the Bible literally in a modern context, and they will invariably end up thinking, well, the Bible is just a mess. Look, it contradicts itself. It speaks evil. They ignore the allegory. They deny it. In a lot of cases, they'll deny the allegory. They'll deny the symbolic language. They'll deny the spiritual nature of the language. They say, well, if you're over-spiritualizing, that's just you rewriting the Bible. you got to take it for its verbatim text. No, you don't. It tells you it's allegorical and spiritual language. You have to understand it on its terms. So if you try to prove the Bible right, as a scoffer, you're not going to get there. You're not going to succeed. That don't work. The method works. The method of pr proving me wrong by proving me right, that only works in a non-spiritual way. And it has its application. It has tools. It's a useful tool when you learn how to use it. But it's like a, it's like a saw. You can't use that saw to drive a nail very well. You need a hammer. So it's got its limitations. Logic. I've tried to tell you over and over again, logic has its limitations. It's only so useful. And then only if you know when, where, and how to use it. There comes a point in time when certain things logic does not help you with. It can't. It's beyond the realm of logic. There are things in this world that are not... Star, Star Trek likes to pre present uh, Vulcans as the perfect captains, but they'd be the worst captain at all. Logic. Game of baseball. This is one of the reasons I don't like baseball. Let me explain. So, in baseball, I've got ninth inning. It's the uh, the last out, full count on my, you know, I got, I got two outs, rather, and I got my last batter's coming up. And I got the bases loaded, all this, whatever. Got this pitcher pitching, that many pitches, whatever. The generalization here is, and I make a joke about this, but it's not as much of a joke as you think. All I got to do to make my decision as a coach in baseball is run down the stat sheet and say that on this day, in this weather, in this city, in this stadium, given that pitcher with this batter, so many this, that, and the other thing, I do this. And that's what they do. That's logic. Just play the odds every time. Every now and then, you just get a feel for, no, 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 let's do that. Well, the odds say it's not going to work, Joe. Let's do it anyway. And it works. Logic can't help you with that intuition. And yet it's real. And every one of us knows that this is real. 
And James William Holt, what was that saying about administering medicine to the dead? Yeah, you, you can't reason with somebody who's renounced the use of reason. Yes, I know that. Both Payne and Jefferson both said that. But in this case, there are certain things that defy logic. When you just get a gut feeling, and it works, it happens. Another thing that logic can it can try to explain it, but it can't. There are certain things that certain people can make machines do things that the machines are not capable of doing. Case in point, there was a pilot in World War II. His name was uh, Johannes Marseille. He was known as the Star of the Desert. He was a German pilot. Very good pilot. Dangerous. He specialized in shooting down other fighters, not just bombers. He flew an ME-109F. It's just a plane, no big deal. But it was not capable of outturning the British Spitfire at low altitude. It couldn't do it. The laws of thermodynamics said it did not have the lift to weight and drag ratios. It could not do it. But he repeatedly did. There was something about the man's abilities. He was so in tune with his machine, he could get it to do things that it should not be able to do. He's the only one that I have ever read of, and I'm a World War II historian who's lived in the air war. He's the only one that's ever done it. His own pilots marveled at it. They, they said that he would pull the, the contrails off the wingtips and just turn right inside the British plane. They couldn't do it. They wouldn't even try because they knew it would be certain death for them, but he would do it. How does he do that? Logic does not define it. To this day, nobody's given an explanation for how he did that. He's the only one that was ever reported to do it with that type of airplane in, in the real world. But he could do it. He did it on many occasions. There was something about that man. Um, and logic doesn't explain it. Edgar Casey, when he'd be in California and he'd get on a phone call and he'd tell you what was wrong with you physically and the doctors would check and lo and behold, yeah, he was right. Well, he was just a good guesser, Joe. No, he, he he diagnosed things that there was just no way to guess at. How did he do that? I don't know. I had a mechanic in the Marine Corps. He could come up to a tank. You turned it on. You let it idle. He'd put his hands on the front bow plate of the tank and just listen to it for a minute and feel it. And he'd tell you what was wrong with the engine. I have no idea to this day how he did that. BC, if you're listening, that was Sergeant Lanier. I don't know if you remember him. But he did it. Logic can't explain it. And he did it so often that that's all he ever did was diagnose the tanks and then go play games because he was that valuable to us. We didn't care. Didn't need him to do the work anymore. He had already solved the problem for us. We never argued with him because he was never wrong. There are just people who can do these things. Logic doesn't explain this. So logic has limits. And when you get to these things, where do you get a, a, a reasonable, not in the terms of logic, but in the terms of, okay, this makes sense. There's a little common sense there. That there there's some sort of rationale to this. Where are you going to go for those answers? I go to the spirit world because it works. It clicks, at least the biblical worldview. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about on Wednesday. I'm going to introduce those of you who don't already know him to a man named Dr. Michael Heiser in the Unseen Realm, the spiritual worldview of the Bible, how real it was to them. <laughs> 
ain't a single Vulcan ever beat the Kobayashi Maru. Correct. And the man who did changed the terms of the, of the game. That works for me. Change the rules. One of the Marine Corps generals, I think it was, I think it was a Marine Corps general. I know as a military American military man said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't fighting hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. Might've also been a, a coach for a sports team. But, um, this one here, I think was a Marine Corps general. The point folks is you've got to expand your mind, but you also, you can't get mystic. Spiritual doesn't mean mystic. doesn't mean magic. If you read the scriptures close enough, there's a set of rules by which the spirit world works too. There are laws up there. There are rules. I don't know what they are, but I do know that it, it, the Bible tells you enough to know that there's, there are rules that govern that realm as well. Mysticism is there are no rules. You can make all sorts of things happen and don't get mystic with me. Um, the day I explained how I see the different dimensions and times interacting with each other, I was explaining to you how I envision the spirit world working. And if, even if I'm wrong, the way I envision it, I can explain everything that happens in the Bible to you. All the miracles are easy to explain from the model I've created. It doesn't mean it's correct. It means it's an operative model. It'll work. I can explain things to you in a way that makes sense. Maybe not from strict traditional logical sense, but it does make sense. There's, there is a logic to it. And that's one of the reasons I hate advanced logic. Advanced logic doesn't quantum physics. The logic of quantum physics doesn't work in this material world, but there's a logic to quantum physics. It exists and it works only in that theoretical world. All of these things have to be learned over time. Now, if you're just the average person going through your life, raising a family and working, you don't need to bother with this. This is for geeky wonky heads like me, but it does me no good to learn these things. If I can't explain them to you in a way that you can make applicable to your life. That's what I try to do here. How do you take all of this stuff and what do you do with it? First things first, I'm not telling you who or what you have to believe in. I'm telling you what I believe in and I'm telling you why. And then I'm telling you, you take that and you do with it whatever works for you. Now, I'll encourage you to at least examine the things that I have and take a look at why I believe what I believe. And I'll hope you'll do that, but you might not. And that's okay. That's okay. All I ask is that you have some sort of rationale other than, well, I had bad bratwurst and, you know, my dream in there was that I was flying pig. So I decided I'm going to have to buy a Camaro today. Huh? Okay. If that's a seam of the, if that's a line of logic, I don't, what, okay. That's the logic of bad bratwurst dream. I don't know. Whatever gets you your Camaro, you and Muhammad are over there having a good old time together. Joe, he had a, no, he didn't No. Muhammad's logic was somebody criticized me because I was doing something that I previously said I'm not supposed to do. So I need to go have a dream with Muhammad, with Allah and Allah tells me, Oh, well, it's okay for you, Muhammad, but not every other Muslim. That happens a lot. Read the Quran. It seemed to happen every time Muhammad wanted something, especially another woman. Yes. Yeah. Muslims can only have four wives. Muhammad can have as many as he wants. It's amazing how that worked. So bad bratwurst, 
in Muhammad's visions with all our dreams over there. And the, I don't know how the heck that works. Okay. But how do you apply the things that we talk about here to your life? Okay. Conspiracy theories. Oh, you believe in Bigfoot. Why don't you? Cause there's never been a body. How many times have you gone walking through the woods? Okay. If you're not somebody who's ever been in the woods, no big deal. This won't work for you. But if you're a woodsman and you ever spend a lot of time in the woods, when's the last time you found the body of a cougar? What? When did you find the body of a cougar? Well, I've never found the dead body of a cougar. Congratulations, cougars don't exist. There's your logic. You do realize that we can convict Bigfoot of a crime in a U.S. court of law. I got no video footage of you being somewhere during this crime. But I know that the crime was committed at this particular time, this point in time. And I know that I have your fingerprints and your DNA and your footprints and a hair. And I have video from you entering and exiting the building, but not doing the crime. And I have audio of you doing the crime. I just don't have me in the room with you doing the crime. I could put you in jail for that. I could even convict you uh, for murder and put you on death row for that, even without a body. We've done this before. We've got people who have been executed with less evidence than we have of the existence of Bigfoot. So what's the point, Joe? The point is open your minds. Don't say it doesn't exist just because you don't like the idea. It's okay to be skeptical. That's a good thing. That's healthy. You want to, you're not going to meet a bigger skeptic than myself. I know that that might, a lot of people like, Joe, you believe anything. No, I don't. If people, anybody who knows me will tell you, I grind through things before I start accepting them. Arctic tortoises was talking about this, that this weekend. Why are human bones remains in the woods while wild animal bones seem to disappear? Very hard to find. Animals eat the other animals. There's something about humans they leave alone. But yeah, they'll actually eat the bones, especially if you got porcupines around. Porcupines love to eat bone. They're after the calcium in it. That's why they eat the steel axe heads. They want the potassium and calcium in, that's in the metal. And yeah, porcupines will eat the steel of an axe head. Got to learn about the world, folks. So what I'm trying to tell you, though, is just expand your mind. Not to the point that, you know, your mind falls out, but open it. And understand, and, and like with uh, like with Bigfoot, apples to apples. If I show you a fingerprint, it's about that big. And it's a fingerprint. Where'd that come from? I don't know. Well, it was on a window, 14 feet in the air, you know, elevated house. Took the foot, and it, and it was a whole handprint on the window. And the hand's like this big. Where'd that come from? I don't know. It's got to be a fake. Okay. Well, there's a footprint under the window, like that long. Another fake. Okay. And eyewitness, three of them said they saw Bigfoot sitting there with his hand on the window. There were, they must have seen a bear. And then they faked the handprint and the footprint after they saw the bear. At what point, if I were to tell you that in a court of law, I, you know, I saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's handprint on the window and his footprint down there on the ground with his size 23s, and three people said Kareem was leaning up against the window, you'd accept that testimony. 
but you won't accept this. I'm not asking you to believe in Bigfoot. I'm asking you to put the testimony and the evidence on equal footing. James William Holt, it's a miracle that any ancient human bones exist in Africa. Hyenas love them bones too. Yeah, but humans bury their dead. So, but yes, I get your point. Yes. And what I'm asking you for is to just put, to make sure that when you learn to do your calculus of the world, you're comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Remember, Occam's razor only works when all other things have been equaled out on the equation. And remember back in school where you got to balance both sides of the equation? Once you've done that, Occam's razor works. As long as one side of the equation is lopsided, you can't use Occam's razor. Don't ask me about that. Go talk to Occam. He's the one who said that, not me. We're learning to think. That's the, I hope. That's the, that's the hope and prayer for this show. Think for ourselves. There's true liberty. I, you can be put in jail. You can be forced. I mean, not somebody putting a gun to your head and telling you to do something, but I mean, actually somebody grabbing your hands and making you grab something and making you do, you know, pulling the trigger for you, forcing you to put your, I mean, literally forced, physically actually coerced into doing something against your will. That can be done. I, I can do all sorts of things to coerce you. The one thing I cannot do is change what you think and believe. They've tried. Remember, we've covered that on the show where the neuroscientist was took the top of people's brains off and was playing around in their brain, and he couldn't create a memory. He couldn't change a memory. He couldn't force them to make decisions. He even knew when he was, like he would make them raise their right arm, and they'd go, I didn't do that. You know, if you're just a meat puppet, just a computer, a biological computer, you shouldn't have known whether you did that or not. If I have a robot... And I trigger the circuit that makes it raise its right arm. Its brain should think, oh, well, I raised my right arm. But there's some aspect to the human being that knows he didn't. All the brain would know is, oh, the circuit triggered. I don't know how it happened, but I must have done it. Humans know they didn't do that. Now, I'm not saying you're Gnostic. I'm not saying you're a spirit trapped inside of a, a fist, fleshly body. That's Gnosticism. You're, whatever makes you you is part of your body. I, I believe that. That's a Hebrew way of thinking. But it means that there's a location somehow, there's something in your body that is aware of your body as an existential thing, something outside of your of your ruach, your spirit. It's all one, but you're aware of yourself independently. And that scientist, he's Nobel winning, you know, Nobel Peace Prize winning Nobel laureate in neuroscience. And he couldn't he couldn't figure that out. They never even found out where memories are stored in the brain. A lot of scientists think it's in the spinal fluid. I don't think so there either because, you know, spinal taps a few times, where'd your memories go? They don't know. They think certain memories are stored in every cell of the body. They don't know. Interesting, huh? Dinkins in <laughs> He's going to sing his German song. But... Your, your thoughts, your, your, your decisions, the things that make you you are yours. If you learn to think for yourself, properly think for yourself, they can never imprison you, ever. Even if they put you in a cell and tie you down so you can't move and force your eyeballs open so all you can do is stare at the ceiling, you're still not in prison. Now, it may be boring as snot or insufferable or you might go insane with it, but you're still not in prison. 
And this is one of the things they learned from studying the POWs from Korea. If you ever read the book, None Dare Call It Treason, I've got the 25th anniversary edition. Same author, he just updated it. There's a study, sociology study, of POWs returned from the Korean War. And the ones that were of a certain age, in their mid to later 20s, no matter what the North Koreans did, they couldn't break them. They were raised before John Dewey had taken over real hard in the school system. And they were raised firmly in their faith of their, of their parents, the Christian faith. And they came back still themselves. The younger 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds that had gone over there, the ones who had been in the, in the modern school systems that were under the influence of John Dewey's thinking and where they had started to question Christianity. The North Koreans, the, v the communists, they broke every one of them. Those are the ones that would sign anything they were told to sign and say whatever they were told to say. And they came back parroting their enemy's ideology. They were brainwashed. They know as a fact. Now, you got to dig for this study. It's The book's right over here on the, on the shelf. And it's footnoted in there. And if we wanted to, we could go dig this study up. I don't need to anymore. I've already done it. That was years and years and years ago. And I read the study when I was still in sociology school. And it's good. And the reason you won't hear about it is they've used it for the communist perspective inside of you. They want to be able to teach you to do what they want you to do. And it's one of the reasons that shortly after this, they started purging the remnants of the old school system from our education process. And they started inserting more of John Dewey. And it's why today we have students that believe all the evils of this country, they're told, and believe all the wonderful things of Marxism, they're told. And in the, in the process, they believe that sweet is bitter and bitter is sweet and good is bad and bad is good. Woe to them. Comment on the board by Mr. Holt is active today. Wasn't Ross Perot running mate a former POW, an unbreakable POW? Yes, he was. And he and a couple of others had a problem with John McCain because of what McCain did when he was a POW. I'm not going to disparage him. If you want to find out, look into it. But his fellow prisoners don't have any love loss for John McCain. You also have to start with who his father was at the time. I'm going to have grace for him because he got singled out for extraordinary psychological torture by the North Vietnamese because of who his father was. But that still doesn't excuse what he did because he has free will. It's a case of, well, I need you to shoot that man or I'm going to shoot you. Well, why'd you shoot the man? Because I didn't want to get shot. They made me do it. No, you were not made to shoot that man. You could have accepted your own fate and saved the innocent person. Remember the study I've told you about? They put one guy in a room. He's part of the test team. They put you in another room. You can hear him, but you can't see him. You got a dial and a gauge. And the gauge says, you know, medium shock, heavy shock, approaching lethal and then lethal or whatever. And you got a little light. When you turn the dial, the light comes on and that guy in the other room sees the light and he acts like he's getting shocked. He'll like, or, or whatever. And then you have a second test taker who's sitting there with a the board 
and he's asking the person in the other room questions. And whenever he answers wrong, he tells you, turn the dial. Well, they found out that a full one-third of people will turn that dial to death and listen to that guy scream and then listen to his scream stop and the guy goes silent thinking they killed him and still hold that dial into death just because they were told to do so. They don't think for themselves. There is no excuse for the actions that you take that are immoral just because somebody else told you to do it. But do you think that the people who are running this country learn about that and want to make more of those people who will turn that dial or fewer? Tyrants want more of those people. And they're in control of your university and public education system. So what do you think? And your media. So what do you think they're doing with those instruments? They're making more of those good little people that'll turn that dial. And we're seeing the results in our society right now, siding with Hamas. I, I read an article just this, this, this weekend. People have totally forgotten what Hamas did to start this war. Everybody's against Israel because Israel wants to wipe out the enemy. If you start a war with me, my goal is your annihilation. You had, If I'm capable of doing it, I will annihilate you to a person. You had better sue for peace with me before I succeed. And I guarantee you, when you sue for peace, you're going to do it on my freaking terms. That's what happened to Japan in World War II. Total capitulation. That's what Israel seeks. They're tired of this. They want to end it. And once again, the Western world is telling them, stop. Well, Netanyahu, from the river to the sea, the opposite way. Go for it, brother. Enough is enough. If I was young enough, I'd go over there and help you. I would, because I'm tired of this. Israel didn't do anything to deserve this latest attack, and those people did not deserve what those Muslims did to them. That, that, those, were, those were war crimes. If Israel captured any of these people that did that on that first day, raped and burned those women and chopped up those babies, that's a war crime. That's Nuremberg stuff. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody cares. Well, it was Israel's fault. Israel made him do No, Israel didn't. What did I just tell you? Even if it's an injustice, you don't return an injustice with an injustice. That's still wrong. So what's the purpose of all the stuff we read, all these articles I bring you? How? What's Manic Monday? What's, what's the purpose? Why do we do this? Read the articles with a critical, rational, logical eye. Look for the fallacies. Look for the mistakes in thinking, the mistaken reasoning. Look for the bad history, which means you have to learn history to begin with. But look for them. Who's lying to you? Who's trying to deceive you? And when you find deception, why? Why are they deceiving you? If somebody deceives you, it's for a purpose. Told you that Charlie and I, well, Charlie's helping me, but I've been studying something. This one is on the Hebrew Roots Movement. This is somebody who's against it, a guy named Ruben Gomez. He understands logic. He proves that in the book. But he commits fallacy upon fallacy. In the process of pointing out one side's fallacy, he's committing the exact same fallacy in the opposite direction.
If you've proven to me that you understand fallacies and then you commit them, until I am proven otherwise, I assume you did it on purpose. Even if it was just out of thoughtlessness in my world, once you showed me you understand them and you know what they are and how to use them and how to apply them, and you show me that you can properly apply them in one direction, if you commit them in another in defense of your argument, I consider it to be done on purpose. If it's done from the media, consider it to be done on purpose. That's the best default stance. So if there is somebody in the news media who purports to be teaching or delivering news, reporting news as a reporter, and they're committing fallacies, consider it deception on purpose. Their agenda benefits from this. better defense for you. They told her, I have a feeling America is going to turn its back on Israel. I agree. I think you're right. We already have. And uh, I will bless those who bless Israel and I will curse those who curse you. And it's not Israel we're turning our back on. We're turning our back on Judah. That's important. Jews only represent the southern kingdom. What? One tribe and two halves of the other? Half the Benjamites and half the Levites? It's a mixing of all the others that came there too, but primarily it's, I think maybe they incorporated Simeon too, if I remember right, but they're not, they're only two or three tribes, parts of most of them. Whole of Judah, parts of others. That's important to remember, too. Of course, that's part of the fight I'm in. The gentleman who wrote the book I just showed you, he rejects the idea that the lost tribes still have an identity in the world. He thinks they all became Gentiles or that they all returned back to Israel already after Babylon. This is part of what I want to talk to you about tomorrow. If they returned back to Israel... At, to the land of Israel after they returned from Babylon. Well, the Bible tells you that only a few people returned from Babylon. A lot of them stayed in Babylon. The Bible tells you a lot of them stayed in Egypt. What happened to those quote-unquote Jews? And if they returned after Babylon, so they're all back in the land 600 B.C., so why is Josephus 100 A.D., 700 years later, telling us that the 10 northern kingdoms are still beyond the Euphrates River? up in the area today that we call Ukraine. What part of this did Mr. Gomez miss? You see, he cites a lot of other things outside of the Bible to prove his point, but he never cites or deals with any of the information that contradicts him. And if you're going to commit a fallacy after proving to me you know how they work, and if you're going to omit information that hurts your case after proving to me you know how to find information that helps your case, I consider you to be a propagandist until you prove to me otherwise. Now, I might say that this man was just ignorant and doesn't know how to do research, except that he has an MD and claims to be a scholar. You're claiming to be a scholar, you're committing fallacies, and you're not addressing the available information that should be readily known to you, made apparent by the things you're citing. You are a propagandist. I'm not going to extend grace to you. 
But now if you're an individual who reads the paper and you don't know logic, you don't know history, you've been misinformed by the public schools, you were never taught reasoning and critical thinking, and you draw a conclusion based solely off of what you see on CNN, I will extend grace to you because I'm going to assume you're just ignorant, not stupid, ignorant, uneducated in these areas that you need to draw the proper conclusions. And if I consider you to be worth my time, I'll try to explain it to you. What do you mean worth your time, Joe? Some people don't want to be corrected. Just leave them be. You're not going to do any good. If they don't want to learn, leave them be. Doesn't mean that they've lost value. They're not valued. No, 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 no. It just means you're wasting your time and theirs. And all you're probably going to do is create more animosity. All of this is what we have to learn how to do. We have to be discerning. Going to wrap for the day. May not seem like it, but I actually, I do love everybody that's at this audience. I hope we're helping you. I really do. I pray about that all the time. I don't want to waste your time. I want to help. Primary thing I'm trying to do is teach you how to think for yourself, even if you end up disagreeing with me. I learn more from those who disagree with me than I do from those who believe everything I believe. You make me a better thinker. But I hope we're helping. And if we are helping, if nothing else, get the like and the thumbs up buttons on the different shows that you're watching. That talks to Charlie and Natasha, lets them know that you appreciate what they're doing. Talks to me, lets me know that I might be a acquired taste, but you still like what we're doing. If you could afford it, please go to the donate or the donut page. Set up a $5 a month reoccurring donation. Help us keep the lights on around here, man. If we don't find a few more people, money runs out sometime. February, March of next year. And at that point, I'm out of money. So, also, tomorrow, you're going to get a bit of a bonus Worship Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Michael Heiser in the unseen realm, the spirit world, biblical spirit world. <laughs> Wasabi coffee, that's right. Um. <laughs> But tomorrow, <clears throat> excuse me, logic class, applied logic. But my illustration is going to be scriptures. And specifically, I'm going to be addressing this supposed heresy of the Hebrew Roots Movement and why it is that I am found myself caught up in it versus the, the position of the Protestant and Catholic churches, the visible church. I can give credible arguments from both sides, which is why I've rejected one and embraced the other. I know both sides' arguments, and I can sound like I'm standing on either side of the aisle if I want to. That doesn't mean I agree with the side that I don't agree with. It just means I can give their argument. I'll try to show that to you tomorrow. But it's going to be about applied logic. You're just going to be dealing with scripture. Now, if you're somebody who's always been kind of iffy or on the fence about the Bible, because if you're in the mainstream faith, Catholic or Protestant, oh, am I going to show you some things you've been missing in your mirror? This is uh, Dallas M. Young from The Silent Ones. We are learning. Oh, Bless you, brother or sister, whoever you are. Thank you.
Give them time, Natasha. I don't recognize that name, but don't go label them Dodo Cop yet. No, I recognize that name. We're good. Okay, I don't. But I don't get to read the board as often as y'all do. All right, guys. We thank you for being here. Y'all stay safe, okay? Growingly dangerous world, spiritually and physically. Y'all keep your eyeballs open. Watch out around you. Pay attention to this time of year. People are already in the Christmas frenzy, and we haven't even gotten through Thanksgiving yet. And if your world is anything like mine, 90% of the yahoos on the road have forgotten how to stay in their lane and how to drive. It's probably because they're driving like this. And that don't work. Put that stupid cell phone down when you're behind the wheel, man. It'll keep. I lived my whole young adult life without even having a cell phone, and we still managed to communicate just fine. We, we caught up. We, we got the messages done. It'll, it'll be there. Don't worry. Y'all just make sure you're, you're safe and you're here tomorrow in class when, when, when we start tomorrow. Because tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be one of those times where I get to shine, if I'm capable of shining. But we'll see you then. Tune in to find out. Bye-bye.